Welcome to the Hashtag Attitude Shield Podcast. The true mental operating script rewriting program designed for those looking for a change from within. Change from within. No more hype or sugar-coated promises. This is to-the-point guidance on how to change the way we think to grab the life we always wanted. Are you ready for the change? Now your host, David L. Parker. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Hashtag Attitude Shield. I'm David L. Parker, and I am glad you're here. Let me tell you what. I am excited. Today, we're going to wrap up four days of talking about poison. The people around you that can be poisoned, we're going to get into the antidote. Before we get too far going in the show here, I want to send a shout out to Professor David, who just spent some time here in the Deadwood, Leeds, South Dakota area, and I had the extreme privilege of meeting him. And as you may or may not be aware, that one of the things I love to do since I enjoy meeting people and I enjoy listening to people is I do a shuttle run, an airport shuttle run through a local taxi company. And I was able to carry him from Deadwood down to Rapid City. And Shout out to Professor David. He's an I.O. professor, industrial organizational psychology professor, which, of course, you know me, that's very near and dear to my heart, right? You know, master's degree done in that. And we talked and talked, and he's a brilliant man. And it was just fantastic to talk to somebody who is excited and turned on by things that are similar, right? And that's going to be talked about here later in a little while because obviously that's part of the antidote. But I want to wrap up this morning talking about the poisons and how to get away from these things and how to recognize. We've been been talking 100% on how to recognize poison around us, people who just are tearing us down that, they're gaslighting, they're verbally abusive, they're narcissistic, they're, they're all those things where they take from you and give nothing back, where they take from you and then belittle you for it, where they take from you and they don't, it's not a two-way street, it's not a two-way flow of energy, it's not any kind of harmony between you and them whatsoever. And there is so much of that in our world today. There just is human beings. We, there are so many different fables, if you will, so many different ways to look at it. But I like to look at it as you have two parts to you. You have the warrior and you have the victim. And whichever one that you feed, whichever one that you focus on, whichever one that you put energy into is exactly the one you're going to be. There's a lot of things that happen to us that we due to circumstance, due to things around us, due to how we've handled other things that we react to because we don't take time to respond. We just react. Remember, react stands for reacting out the problem, making it bigger, right? Instead of taking time to respond, which is thinking about something and then coming out in a different manner, starting over, if you will, right? Due to the poison around us, due to people's actions, their thoughts, the way they do things. Now, we we talked about how to spot a gaslighter. They're they're just crazy folk, if you will, and I don't mean it in a behavioral health sense. I mean, they're just doing stuff that makes you go, wait, what, why, why, wait, what? 
you know, the people that will lie on you and then tell you it's your fault, the people that blame you for their actions, people that tell you you're crazy, you know, they're the kind of people that when you catch them and can prove to them that they're in lying to you, they deny it. Doesn't matter. There's, they're never going to ever admit or give in to anything you have to say. The narcissists who just feed on you. Now, narcissists can be very charismatic people. They really, they really can. They can really make you go, wow, that's a cool person. Why do I feel like crap? Because that's what they do. Verbally abusive people. Mentally abusive people. We talked about the relationships where one or the other is ghosting the relationship. They're never around. They're, they're never involved in what's going on. And they make it feel like, you know, that you did something or they send you this message that says the people that you're around aren't important enough to them to be around. So you're sort of a, in a ghosted relationship, you're, you're sort of a, I don't know, how do I say this? You're there, but not there. You're welcome, but not welcome. You're like a, t- a tool. You're like a set of golf clubs, if you will. Do you, when you play golf like I do, and hopefully you play better than I do, when you have a set of golf clubs, I don't carry them every day. They're not in my truck all the time, right? I don't have them with me every second. When it's time to play golf, I go get the golf clubs, right? And in between playing golf, once I've cleaned them up and put them away, I don't really think about them. And that's what I mean by a person who's ghosting you in a relationship. You're the set of golf clubs, and they're going to pick you up and use you when they need you. Now, in a significant other or intimate relationship with a ghoster, it's pretty rough because basically you're needed when they have a physical desire or you're needed when they want something. But the rest of the time, you're not needed. A lot of ghosters have crazy hobby rooms. Now, I have an office, right? You can see I'm surrounded by some memories on the walls. I'm some where I'm going. My antidotes are on the walls to this poisonous type of folks. But what you can see is right over there is my boys, my adopted grandson's learning area. Right? We got their table and their little chairs and a lot of their craft stuff and then Farther over there is a closet that has all their neat stuff they bring from school. We put it up on the walls. I mean, I can literally look at some of the things they've been doing in school. On the far side over there is a couple of bookshelves full of their books. And again, more arts and craft projects, things they're doing. And then right behind me is another desk, which is my, my partner in crime, if you will. Uh, my good friend who helps me with your restaurant solutions and, of course, has been involved in hashtag attitude shield before I even knew what to call it. Right. And, uh, she, uh, is a rock and roll star, which really has a lot to do with how I get things done. Anywho. So we don't, I don't have what I call a hobby room. See, cause I do my best not to ghost the relationship. Ghosting is another form of abuse as far as I'm concerned. I think one of my most interesting 
insights or experiences talking to somebody who has been ghosted in the relationship was due to video games. One of the things, one of the reasons I found it sort of fascinating was one, it didn't end up being the only one I ever talked to who was getting ghosted due to electronics. But it actually got to the point that it dissolved the relationship. This male uh, uh, would play video games and would never come upstairs and sleep with his wife because he would be down there from when he got off work playing video games or watching movies until he fell asleep on the couch. Even when she came out and to the top of the stair landing and would say, hey, come upstairs and make love to your wife. What are you doing? And he would say, I got to finish this game. She was only necessary for making a food and doing laundry. He had lost his prowlessness to a video game. She became completely ghosted. There was no purpose for her. Then the thing that I found intriguing about poison, or one of the things I find intriguing about poison is we seem to go from one poisonous position to another, everybody. We seem to be attracted to the same kind of things. Why? Because we're accustomed to it, one. Two, nobody wants to be ambushed emotionally, let alone physically. But you want to have some predictability in what's going to happen to you in your future. And somehow that helps us, the mechanisms in our brain, we seem to seek out and get involved with the same type of people like we've talked about in my past. I have been attracted to hurricanes forever. And when I finally came out of the storms and stayed in the sunlight, my life got beautiful. When I finally made the decision that no more of this, life got better. Life became amazing. You know, I'm excited that life became amazing in my 40s. Because if, you know, Lord willing, I live to be in my 80s, that's going to be 50% of my life in amazing sunlight. If I'm going to not be here that much longer, I sort of missed out. But we're not talking about that. So this young lady leaves the relationship, the marriage, right, over the video games. She moves out. She gets her, She's struggling. She knows some people. She house sits for a while, and then she gets involved with this guy. And within months, it's exactly the same thing. Now, I shouldn't say the word exactly because exactly is speaks of nothing but maybe identical twins who, again, aren't exactly. But she finds herself in a relationship where it's a little different, but the guy ghosts her for his friends and video games. <laughs> Anywho, she was chatting it up with me about these situations, and I've been talking to her for a good year, year and a half. And when she brought it up, I said, wait, let me ask you a question. Have you talked about it? Have you told the new guy um, what it feels like when he chooses to circle square X triangle versus you? She said no. A couple of weeks later, she moves out in a huff, and she's telling me about it, and I'm like, 
did you circle square triangle x conversation him on that playstation and listen i'm not a gamer so if i said that wrong my mistake anywho she said no you know i'm just not going to fight that anymore i said that's the decision we all have to make our decisions so a couple of weeks later he's talking to her and next thing you know, he's figured out because she decided to talk about it. And then they worked out a routine and they ended up getting married and they're doing pretty well together because they were able to stop the ghosting. So what does that equal? Communication, willingness to talk. So many people aren't willing to talk. You know, Professor David, an amazing man that I told you at the beginning of the show that I met, was talking to me about he shared something with me that was amazing he was talking about how in the beginning of his marriage when there was stress on life when life seemed to come down on them like a ton of bricks him and his wife would take it out on each other and that they they became they the other person became the epitome um, the manifestation of the challenge and they would sort of have, you know, fights over it. But they were smart enough to continue to communicate and discover this and find a way to resolve it. So the first thing you have to do is recognize the poison. Now, let's talk about the last one. Now, when I say last, I'm talking about the last one I'm going to talk about. Because obviously, it's nowhere near the last type of poison and people out there. But I want to talk about the internal poison. I want to talk about how we poison ourselves. I've told you a thousand times, and I'm going to tell you a million times more, that you'll never talk to anybody more than you talk to yourself. So you've got to learn. You have to master how to speak to you. Remember, because your words are your operating script. Your words are your reality. Your words are your focus. Your words are your power. Your words are also your identity. So if you don't learn how to speak to you in the first place, then, you know, our operating script has to be rewritten. We have to look at what we say. We have to bottom line up front. We have to bluff it. Bottom line up front, this is exactly what we stand for. Remember we talked about you got to have a set of principles. You get to choose what they are. Anywho, the last poison I really want to talk about is you. Poisoning ourselves because of the things we say. Poisoning ourselves because of the things we say over and over again. Poisoning ourselves can show up in this in the form of where you make a crack about yourself. Well, if I wasn't that stupid, maybe, no, that ain't going to work. Poisoning yourself is saying that you don't, I don't think I can. Well, the second you said that, you're right. You don't think you can? How about you change that to, well, I never have yet, but I'll work on it. Or I never have yet, and I will. You can bust through and accomplish Basically, anything that you really want to do when you talk to you in the proper manner. Now, Professor David and I had a great conversation on a syndrome that I, and I, I only call it that because that's what it's called, of what people, self-doubt, manifestation of the self-doubt of, of oneself, obviously, which I find hard to wrap my brain around, yet understandably, Easy and clear to see. Now, right now, you're like, what? He just double-talked. No, he, he didn't double-talk. I don't understand 
how people allow themselves to do this because it does it seems counterproductive but it's definitely a poison and that is any level any degree any term any size and call it whatever you want to call it of imposter syndrome fake i'm fake syndrome um i'm not true to myself syndrome i'm not worthy or haven't earned the recognition of who I am syndrome. Well, first of all, I can't, that one blows my mind and that's so poisonous. It's, it's terribly self-inflicted poison. I mean, it really is. If you're sharing with people, remember your mess is your message. Your education connect, connected with mess connected with experience is your personal one out of 7.8 billion people's message. And remember, when we share this, when we share our mess, we share our struggles, we share our challenges with somebody else, just maybe, maybe, possibly, they might not have to go through the same thing. Isn't that what it's about? Haven't we talked about if we human beings would learn to share with each other and listen and learn, where we actually stayed interactive with the information we were given, that maybe we could not walk into that tree or off that cliff or, or whatever emotional damage that we, we could avoid because we didn't follow it. But the imposter syndrome says that you're, you're not good enough. You're not educated enough. You're not pretty enough, not tall enough, not fat enough, not skinny enough, not short enough. Your hands are too small. Your eyes are too big. Your teeth are too funny. Anything that talk self-mutilation talk does. How in the world can you be an imposter if you're being honest about what you know? How can it be imposter syndrome if you're being true to whom you are? How is it imposter syndrome just because you don't have the little initials on the other end of your name, PhD, MSA, MBA? Does that make you less of a person? You know, I'm enthralled with education. We know this. But I went through a 25-year of my life where I was like, hey, I ain't doing that stuff no more. We evolve and we change because we're becoming more in tune with ourselves. And the first step is what we say to ourselves, right? So let's spend the last few minutes, get rid of the imposter syndrome, get rid of all the poison, and remember, here's the antidote, the beginning of the antidote. Right? And this is a multi-phase, multi-dose antidote. Right? I, the first one is really strong. It's like the big boosted biotic, and that is self-speak. What you say to you. You'll never feel imposter syndrome if you never allow yourself to say it to yourself. It's not acceptable. You're never going to feel the self-doubt if you speak how confident you are continuously 75,000 plus or minus thoughts a day go through that miraculous amazing the most complex machine in the universe known to humankind your brain you tell it what to think you tell it what it believes you tell it you program it you write the operating script every day of your life you're rewriting that script. Every time you give in to something, you write a new code. Every time you have a success, you write a new code. 
You know, people say when, when they have teenage kids that it's like this new imposter moved into their child. Yes, there's a little pun for you. Well, think about it. In that phase of development of the child, the, the brain is just growing it, right? These hundreds of thousands of connections are just going ballistic, right? And the brain is smart enough to know that the ones that are used survive and get stronger and the ones that don't wither and die. And it's trying to figure out exactly what systems it's going to do. It's like, you know, picking all these freaking programs and putting them into the hard drive and trying to figure out what to do at a thousand miles an hour. And then I'll say, blah, going on and boom. That teenager that you remember being crazy like I was and watch other ones be wacko is because they're writing their operating script. The first one they had as a small child was made out of yeses and nos. Wants and desires, action, reward, food, no food, hot, no hot, cold, cold, hot. No, don't touch that. Ow, that hurts. I can't do that. Let me hug mom. That was an easy operating script. Teenage life becomes this hormonal explosion, right? Because they're really writing the true base code that's going to take them into adulthood. But the funny thing is, is that the base code can be changed just like that in a second. Then we get into our 20s and we start to change again. But it's all about what we say to ourselves. So when you're, when you're raising children or you're interacting with children, especially teenagers and young adults, and you hear them saying disparaging things, you hear them talking negatively, you hear them acting and talking out their frustrations of how things aren't right, help them learn to say it better. Give them the first step of the antidote to the poison that we all have within ourselves, which is the negative speech, because it, that negativity turns into a bad self-image. That bad self-image can grow into another challenge and another challenge. And before you know it, your operating script has developed mechanisms in your life, mechanical systems, if you will, that get you to react in a way that is self-harm, mental self-harm. Attitude Shield says no. Attitude Shield says, please stop with the mental self-harm. Attitude Shield says, please learn to speak to yourself in a powerful, powerful, powerful manner. Learn to control what your mind says. Only accept the truth, and that is that you're an incredible human being. Out of 7.8 billion people on the planet, you are the only you. There is nobody else like you. You're so unique that you make snowflakes jealous. And I'm not talking about the silly little comments people make politically now. I'm talking about the ones that fall from the sky, true snowflakes, crystal ice formations of the lightest kind that fall to the ground. None of them are the same, just like you are not the same as anybody else. You have to start with the antidote, rewriting your operating script, what you verbally say to you. Talk soon. You've been listening to Attitude Shield, your double dose of espresso for your attitude. Check us out on Facebook and on the web at www.attitudeshield.com. Again, thanks for spending this time with us. Between now and when we talk again, keep those shields up, eyes on the target, and always be moving towards your dreams.